0: Welcome, my friend. You are listening to Read Clean YA with CJ, the podcast for teens and young adults who want to explore exciting worlds, deep themes, and epic stories without the objectionable content. I'm your host, award-winning young adult author, CJ Malasi, and in this episode, we are going to dive into an author interview with my friend and fellow author, RJ Metcalf. During the day, RJ is a stay-at-home mom of two active little boys. When she has... Free time, she enjoys reading, writing, baking, and sewing. After many years of creative writing classes, writing fan fiction, drabbles, and daydreaming, it was high time to start writing her husband Mike's story. She dove into the world of Toreen and hasn't looked back, except for when she runs out of dark chocolate. Any free time not spent in Toreen is typically expended on hosting dinner and game nights, running amuck with two little monkeys, or watching nerdy movies with Mike rj welcome to the show thank you so much for having me i'm excited for this i am so excited to have you here rj and i met at a writer's conference uh well, I guess in person the first time was this past summer, which was yeah. so much fun. And we are both a part of Fayette Press, and that's been a great opportunity to get to know each other through that as well. So I'm excited to be talking about her series today, and we're going to be focusing on Renegade Skyfarer, which is the first book in RJ's series, Stones of Tereen Chronicles. I am excited for this, and it's a really fun story. You've got like steampunk and fantasy elements and it's so action-packed like from the very beginning you're just thrust into the action of the story which I love. So could you just take a moment and tell us a little bit about your series?
1: Oh the series as a whole or it just the book book one of itself? Either way. Either way. <laughs> the series itself I would say it's it's like you said it's steampunk with fantasy. So you're gonna have your steam technology, and you're going to have technological elements that are like, oh, yeah, they have... Okay, I was not to say, oh, yeah, they have airships like we do. We don't have airships, do we? <laughs> uh, I wish. I How wish, cool. I wish so much. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, they have steam trolleys, and they have different... They have little buggies and things that seem somewhat familiar to us, but it's all with a steam power thing, and yet they also have magic. Oh, They also have dragons. They also have swords are a typical thing that you would carry with you to the marketplace we don't have that where we live you'd probably get arrested (laughs) so there's aspects that are very definitely a steampunk world and aesthetic and things that are very definitely your fantasy themes and such and they're all blended together so it's the kind of world that as i was writing it's like i want to live here but it doesn't exist IRL but I want to live here
0: <laughs> right I, it is so much fun i love how the two worlds com- collide the steampunk elements and the fantasy it's so much fun and you did a really great job building that world so if we kind of dive in even deeper into Renegade Skyfare what is that book about
1: that book it has multiple themes cuz in the in the entire series there's multiple POVs you're going to follow so you're going to have the main point of view which is Ben and then you're also going to have Jade and a plethora of others which some of them I'm not going to name because that that could be spoilers if if you haven't read beyond the book one so it delves into someone who they wake up with amnesia and there is a distinct reason for that which is not discovered until much later in the series but he's trying to figure out like this doesn't seem normal but maybe it is because everyone else thinks this is a perfectly normal thing, and then we have another who she's she's the the, the airship mechanic, and Jade is the I want to say stereotypical airship mechanic of <laughs> she is grease and snark and wit and. Everything I wanted to be in high school. Um, Yes. (laughs) Without the skill that I I didn't have the skill. She's going to be learning a lot about herself in this book and discovering secrets that she was not ever aware of even Mm -hmm. existed as a potential secret. So you have one person who is trying to figure out, like, who he is in this world and what do you mean that dragons can be invisible? And what do you mean that's normal? That's not normal, guys. So you have one on this hand. We have another who's getting secrets, dark secrets. And what does that mean for ripples in her life, Mm. let alone those around her on her crew? And there's a blend of, like, found family. And there is a blend of what is right versus what is easy. Mm. And those kind of things that are specifically in book one and also there's there's elements of like what does it mean to trust what does it mean to forgive does forgiving mean that you forget something happened or does it mean acknowledging that and moving on past that like all those kind of things that are throughout the story as some of the characters some of them are grappling with easy things to work through. And others are very distinctly not dealing with easy things. And I would say I'm sorry to them, but I'm really not. Because (laughs) it it wove so well together.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. And often that's life too, where we aren't always dealing with easy things. So it's, I feel like that's one of the best parts of stories is that we can dive into them and it's sort of like projecting our own craziness onto someone else for a minute and being like oh they're going through something hard and we can watch them struggle and maybe learn something about it through the process so very
1: much like that that was that was true for these characters throughout the series where there are certain things where they're dealing Mm -hmm. with something and I'm like this is specifically because I've dealt with this and you know they're kind of going through it And they're not handling it the way I did. And, okay, actually, that was smart there. And that was really dumb there. And it was was a very fun time going through that with the characters to see how they're handling things. And I I could learn from this character. Why didn't I do that?
0: (laughs) right (laughs) yes yes i love it no it's it's so intriguing and you brought so many questions into the story from the very beginning even the fact that the character wakes up and he has amnesia and you're just like oh no who is he what he doesn't even know who he is himself and it's just it's so intriguing and yet there are some great character things in him that we see as the story progresses and you know so you're like okay you can't be all bad but then he has these memories and you're like wait who are you what kind of of a guy are you you know so it's so it's so intriguing like i love it because it just keeps you wanting to turn the pages so it's it's very very fun i love the whole world that you've created in your bio i had this question i was like i have to ask rj you say that it was time for you to start writing your husband mike's story so what does that mean i'm so intrigued was <laughs> this like his world to begin with how did the idea for this story come about
1: so this was, to a degree, originally his story, where he had the idea of a character named Slate and that there was this horrible tragedy that happened. And he had, he knew how that tragedy was, and that's actually the prequel, Betrayal by Blood, that I have. So I'm not going okay. to give away the spoilers of all that happened with that specific tragedy. But you don't want to start there because it ends very much, you're just like does this person ever write happiness? Yes. Read, read the rest <laughs> of the series first. I promise it all makes sense. But so like he had all that and he's like, and then there's me this character named Ben and and Ben wakes up here in train and then these things happen and this is how like, so he knew how it would start and he knew how it would end and he knew like two main points throughout and all the pieces in between, he had no idea. Oh, like, wow. And I was just like, I... I need to know the story. I need to know how like yes you say this is how it's going to end, but how do we get from here to here to here? Like I need the story. And he's like, "Well, yeah. oh, I can't write." <laughs> you can't give me these pieces and just say, "Oh, I can't write and leave it at that." Right. Like that's that's not how this works. Like no, and that's we would not talk fair. about this. <laughs> it's not fair. And so we would talk (laughs) about this between where we used to live as a condo, and we would walk from there to the local grocery store or down to the theater, and we'd walk back. And so during those walks, he would talk about, like, oh, I had this idea. This would be kind of cool. And, you know, there'd be dragons of some sort. And I'm like, okay, there's dragons. Tell me about the dragons. Well, No, there's dragons. Well, actually, because of how Turin happened to be and how that came into existence, so it would be, like, our dragons but with magic. Okay. Our dragons wow. as in our dinosaurs? Well, yeah. Okay, so I can start working on that then. Like, okay, but like this character—you say that Ben wakes up, and then he shows up here later. How does he get there? I don't know. Can 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 I write this? Yeah, you can write this. And wow, Ma- Mike can't imagine dialogue for the life of him. So when we were discussing okay. that he of me writing this, because I am much more of a creative writer than he is. He's the one that. He will watch a movie and he will have it figured out how it's gonna end about halfway through because he's already like mentally puzzled out all the pieces and knows how it's sure. going That's just how he, he can think. I I sit to enjoy the movie, okay? I'm there for the right. ride. I'm not Same. there to think it through. <laughs> um so like he could figure out those pieces, but when we we're discussing the dialogue, he, he sat there, he's like, So if you want for the dialogue, like when there's they're talking to each other, you can write a line and then I'll respond for them because that'd be really hard to write the dialogue otherwise. Um, babe,
0: <laughs> wow. I love
1: you and I love your idea, but I'm going to murder something if that's how we do this.
0: <laughs> like, I You'd can't do that. You'd probably still be writing the book, actually. I,
1: I would still be on the first paragraph. <laughs> like, and I was like, no, no, no. How about, how about you help me figure out roughly where the main points are that you have strong opinions on and I will flesh out everything else. And because you're the ones helping me with the synopsis of each book to make sure like we get all the important sure. pieces and we don't have stuff dropped on the side and it's like, oh, that was a major plot point and that was two books ago and we completely forgot it. Like right. since you're helping me catch those things, you make sure all that works and I'll just write it and you can help, you know, adjust things as needed. And that worked much better for both of us.
0: I can imagine <laughs> that. But how fun that that was like something that the two of you got to. Essentially, create together. Yes. That's so neat. It
1: also involved a lot of times because I like a lot of the world building elements started from him, and then I just would expound upon things. And there were a lot of times where, like, when I, mean, I was especially in the midst of writing that he would have like friends over to play ro- like Warhammer in the other room or something. So that way, while he has six hours a day where I'm just not existing in the house, you know, around other people. Right. He has other stuff to do and he is not completely a writer's widower. Sure, sure. Not completely. <laughs> but there'd be times where I would come skidding out of the room while he's playing, and I'm like, okay, so if the airships are part magic and part actual airship. What kind of engine room do we have? Because if Jade is a mechanic, right. there has to be an engine room. And he's there like in the midst of moving his figures. He's like, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> so I'm going to create the engine room and then I would call up my dad who is now a retired mechanical engineer. And I'm like, okay, dad. I have this kind of, like, magical stone element that's going to be heating the stuff for the boiler. But then I need the boiler to connect to this piece, to connect to this piece. I know there's some pieces in between. Like, where does the condenser go? Where does this thing go? Like, what? And my dad helped me legitimately sit down and draw up an engine room plan wow. for what part is magic and what part is stone elements and what part is actual steam-based technology for an airship Room, so I can write all of four wow. sentences that describe it. But that way,
0: I knew it would work. But all of that had to happen. That is so <laughs> cool. Oh, so your fa- your whole family has pretty much gotten to be involved in the creation of this story at this yes. point. That yes. is that's that's so fun, though. I think that's one of the things. Another part I love about stories is how they do bring people together. Mm-hmm. Because whether it's from the creation of it or even the reading of it, there's something about talking to somebody else about a story. It just, it's why we talk about the movies we loved or the books we've read that were just, they kept us up all night because there's something about story that brings us together as people. And I think it's so neat that your whole family got to kind of be a part of this and the birth of this series together. That's really, really fun. Yes,
1: it, it was it was fantastic working on that together. And like my mom would watch the boys a lot. And so she, she told me from the very beginning, she's like, if this involves any amount of imagination, as in <laughs> not a Amish romance, she's like, if it involves any sure. sort of imagination, I don't think I'll ever read it. And I was like, Mom, I don't expect you to read it. Right. In fact, I hope you don't read it because I feel like there would raise a lot of questions of concern about what child you <laughs> raised. Hashtag writer's life. So yeah, if you could just keep the children alive and happy and content, that would be great. So my mom watched The Boys and my dad was my mechanical engineer go-to guru and it worked out
0: great. (laughs) I know. I always say to people, my book isn't for everyone and that is okay. If this is not your type of book, please don't read it. Don't waste your time. It's okay. But Your book is going to appeal to, I think, some people very much because you've got these steampunk and fantasy elements. So when you're describing books that your book is like, are there ones that come to mind to help people know if this type of series Mm -hmm. is for them? Now, I ask this question knowing that I'm not always good at answering it for myself.
1: This is the hard part because I like to say that there's some fantasy aspects like from Dragonlance, but not everyone knows Dragonlance because... I was informed by a young friend that's old people books. Oh, okay. Good to know. I have just been slain in the heart. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not that old. (laughs) I don't think I'm that old. (laughs) So that that's one of the references that I would use, where because Dragonlance is a bit of a D and D esque, and so there are little bits of worlds and aspects that would tie into that. I would say there's been aspects to a little bit to Jamie Foley's Sentinel Trilogy as far as just the adventure goes. There hasn't been that much steampunk that I can really think of off the top of my head. Like when I was specifically, when I was writing it, that I was like, oh yeah, this is like that. I couldn't find much except for like Final Fantasy. I will admit there are certain aspects of Final Fantasy that totally influence Stones of Terrain. There are many aspects of that video game. Like the entire Final Fantasy video game series that definitely influenced distinct aspects of of the world. Also, different animes totally um, influenced aspects of the world. So, but those are two things that my husband and I really enjoy and have enjoyed over the years. So, of course, those are going to influence
0: <laughs> Of course. Of course. They have to. They they come in at some yes. point, right? And <laughs> Play a part in what we create. And one more question about the story, and then I'd love to dive more into the themes that you mentioned earlier and talk more about them. But I just like to ask this question. Do you have a favorite character in your story? I feel like it's like asking authors to pick a favorite child, and I don't know why I so enjoy asking the question. Favorite in which way? Um, maybe one that you loved writing. So sometimes that's not necessarily the favorite personality, but you just enjoyed sitting down and crafting that character.
1: I greatly enjoyed writing Blade's POV. And for anyone who knows who Blade is, I promise I'm not an actual psychopath. (laughs) But I greatly enjoyed writing Blade's POV. That was probably one of the easiest ones for me to slip into. I really enjoyed writing specific elements of jade she she's Mm. a bit more I don't say emotional but a bit more emotional than I normally am and so it's kind of fun to be able to dabble with that a bit sure I loved writing Weston which is hilarious because when I first started writing Weston and knowing his backstory and knowing where he's been and all that he's done I hated Weston I genuinely like from the first time I wrote him knowing the stuff that Mike and I had talked about, like, okay, so this is his history. I'm like, I want Weston to die. I want him to die so painfully and so horribly. And then at the very end of the series, I'm like, I love Weston and I will protect him with my life. He is such a sweetheart. He's grown so much. Like,
0: <laughs> the changes. That's amazing. Wow. Okay. So probably a little bit of different parts of Many of your characters then that, yeah, because like kids, you really can't pick a favorite. It's hard. (laughs) There's something about all of them that, you know, I like to say authors kind of bleed into their stories a little bit, especially when the stories matter and when the stories resonate with people. And so I think that is part of it. Each of those characters kind of gets to express something in us that we couldn't express otherwise earlier you mentioned different themes that kind of are part of your stories and I know we've talked about we talked about it a little before we started but you have some really incredible ones like perseverance and moving forward in hard times I love the theme of found family and that is definitely in this series it's one of my personal favorites and just even though what you said before doing what was what's right and not what's easy necessarily so I would love to just talk a little bit about some of these themes we can talk about all of them or just even zero in on one that is particularly resonant with you and I would just love to talk about why that theme is important to you. Okay. I don't I'm not gonna be able to just pick one. That's fine.
1: It's it's funny because when we started writing, I I didn't even have the notion of there's going to be themes I'm writing into this book. Like I started writing with very little knowledge of writing aside from creative writing classes in high school. Okay. Like my my I started with no authorly background whatsoever. And it wasn't until about halfway through Renegade Skyfer that I realized, I'm like, oh, there is a found family theme happening in here. And it was literally because I was talking with Jamie Foley and she made the comment of theme. And I'm like now applying the word theme to my books and going, oh, there is found family. Oh, there's like you said perseverance. Like there, there is like a, a, a theme of that going through here. Oh, there might be a redemption arc for some of these characters. Oh, I was not planning on that. Um like different right. things I was only like, oh, okay. So then I took that lens and kind of looked like turned to my life, like, why are these themes coming out in my writing? And it's because like found family right. is a theme in my life. Like I am an only child legally, technically speaking. I will refer to many different people as, oh, this is my sister. This is my brother because I have adopted them in my family and because that's just how it is. Congratulations. I have called you my sister. You are now my sister for life. There is no escaping this. This is just a part of life now. Yes, And it's because I I adopt people like that. That is my found family. And I have created my own family groups to fill in different gaps that I've needed in my life. And I had not really realized that there was a word for that or a a title of a theme for that until working through Renegade and the books that followed and realizing, oh... Okay, this is a part of me that I'm I'm definitely bleeding into the books here, but it's not a bad thing, so we're okay.
0: <laughs> I love found family as well because of the same thing. So I grew up with just a brother, but I have my sister that I talk about all the time, who's not technically my blood sister, but she's mm-hmm. my sister. Like you fight me on yep. that, you know. And it's like you have those people, like my aunts and uncles, who they're not technically aunts and uncles, they but and they uncles. are my aunts and uncles, <laughs> you know. And I think that's one of the most incredible things, though, is when your family can expand. Beyond the borders of what is just blood, you know, because we need different types of people in our lives and different backgrounds in our lives to make us the fullest people we can be. And I think that's one of the reasons I love found family in general, but in books, I love to find it because I feel like it echoes my own life as well. And I think we were created to have that where our community expands beyond just the people that We grew up with maybe and live live in the same house as, But beyond that, we can have family that's bigger than that because love can constantly expand. And it's one of the miraculous things about love. So, yes, love the found family trope and theme and all of that. It resonates like
1: and Mm -hmm. also the I had the realization like throughout the thing like there there are a lot of different redemption arcs and different really mm. big, overt ways and some very subtle ways that I'm like, oh, that is a theme and that is very distinctly, yeah. a, a, I would say, dare say, a Christian theme and in, in Redemption. And yeah. there's aspects Definitely. of my own life with certain characters and things that they go through and have gone through and if I ever get around to editing Scars of Time, which I just need to edit the thing and then it's done, um, there'll be themes of that in there. <laughs> um, but just the redemption of like, okay, so you made some bad choices. Some of those bad choices were ones yeah. that you knew they were bad choices and you did it anyways, and now you have regret. And some of them are choices that you, no one told you otherwise. Thinking like, thinking yeah. like Weston, and he had one parent that was really good, and one parent that I feel like it's not a spoiler to say Everett is like the sleaze ball, slime ball of Terrain. Um, but like he has you know two parents and there was one parent that he listened to more at the time who was a sleazeball and and so Weston had made a lot of choices following what was the authority in his life not realizing that these are bad choices dude like they are bad news bros and then once he gets to a point Mm. where someone points that out not entirely kindly at the time but like as he's getting to that realization like there, There is a redemption arc of him like, oh, I don't want to be doing that. I want to be better. I want to not have the reputation that I currently have and him working towards being yeah. better. And like that was something that was not on. If you looked at my outline for the entire series, not once in the outline is that theme written in there at all. Wow. But it wrote itself in there. And it's one of my favorite Definitely. things that happened in the entire series. And that was a small side character (laughs) that, there we go. Like, here's a fantastic redemption arc. And then there's other redemption arcs of characters like, okay, this is a small redemption arc of you were kind of a jerk to some of your friends. And that really hurt them, and rightfully so. And now you're going to have to kind of come to grips with, like, I was being a jerk, and I need to own up to that and apologize, and they're going to have to forgive this and work forward. And that's something small that happens in day-to-day life, whether it be to your friends or to your family, just the people that happen to live with you in the same house and get to deal with you day by day. That's just part of (laughs) life, and sometimes it's helpful to read in a book and be like, oh, look, they do the same thing I do, okay,
0: I've said this before on this podcast even, but one of the things I love about stories is that they can reflect back to us realities in our lives because we've all made a bad choice at some point. We've all done that thing and just, we blew it. You know, intentionally like you said, making that purposeful choice even though we knew it wasn't a good one or unintentionally and then either way, hitting that guilt and regret and all of the emotions that come after it and I do believe it is a Christian theme because that is one of the blessings we have with the gospel, right, is that we have the hope of redemption, that we aren't stuck with our guilt forever. And sometimes just watching that reflected in a character that, oh, you can come out of that, you don't have to live there, just is an echo of the greater redemption that our souls long for in Jesus. So I I think the redemption arc is so important, especially as Christians, because it does reflect what we have personally have and are walking in right now experiencing in our own lives of redemption through Jesus. And it's so powerful because it's something literally every human needs. Like we all need to be yes. redeemed. We all make that mistake and wish we hadn't. We all face that guilt and We don't have to live there forever and that's the beauty of redemption. So I think that's one of the most powerful themes. And I really kind of love that you didn't do it (laughs) on purpose because that just shows how it like kind of grew out of you. And again, like bleeding into the story, so to speak, of this is such a vital and important theme in your own life. So It gets woven into the book, whether you want it to or not. It just becomes embedded in the pages of the story. And I think that's those are the themes that I think resonate so powerfully because, you know, they're not slapped Mm -hmm. on. They're literally woven into the very fabric. If you took that out, the story would no longer have the substance because it'd be missing something. It's not like something that could easily get edited. It's something so integral to the story. And I think that those are the most powerful parts of the book that really resonate forever in readers' hearts and minds. They're the ones that have resonated in mine from different books I've read over the years.
1: The best books are the ones that resonate years and years later, especially when you read them and you read a book and it hits in this specific way because this is the season of life you're in. And then you read that same book a year, two years later, and a different part of it hits you because now you're in this season of life. And you read it again two, three years later, and now it's this way because you're in that season of life. Those are the best books when there's something that speaks to each season.
0: Yes, the ones you can't actually lend to anyone because you need to know it's on hand to read whenever you need that particular book. That's why
1: you get two of that type of book. You have one that's your personal, and this is the one that you are willing to lend out.
0: Yes. With an
1: asterisk of it needs to come back at a certain time so I can lend it out to the next group. But this is my my series here, and you don't touch my personal ones. <laughs>
0: Exactly. Yes. Yes. And those books, they have these kinds of themes in them. And that's why I love talking about them with the authors, because sometimes we read the books and they're just great books and they hit us and we don't necessarily pause long enough because life mm. is busy to stop and be like, oh, why did that theme? Why Why did that book resonate so deeply? And I loved it so much. And I want to talk about it to everyone. And it's often because there are these deep themes that are woven into them that Resonate and strike a specific chord with us individually, and that's why the story sticks with us because it's we've we've learned something of ourselves of life of the world as we've read this story so yes it's it's one of my favorite things to talk themes with other authors and hear what they've done in their books so thank you for sharing. Okay, so we are running a little low on time. But before we wrap up, I would love to just talk a little bit about you so that readers can get to know you a little bit more other than knowing you have a family that helps you craft fabulous stories. (laughs) We kind of heard a little bit about what started you on your writing journey, but is writing something you've always loved to do? Was there something that kind of kicked you off into wanting to write books and publish them? I mean, I've always been a reader. There was, I remember being grounded once, and
1: the grounding was taking away my bookshelf of books out of my room. And let me tell you, that was the worst punishment of my entire life. It was bad, okay? Next time I needed to do my schoolwork on time, okay? Lessons were learned. This is like, I've always been a reader, but i never really thought about being a writer or an author to any degree. I enjoyed, I took every writing class that my school offered and my teacher actually added another writing class for my senior year just so I could take another writing class. But being an author or a writer wasn't ever something that was in my goals of, of to do at all. And so it really wasn't until Mike was talking about this story that he had, I was like, dude, I really want to read that, which... Which means someone needs to write it. And at the moment it's just the only it's the two of us that know about this, which I guess that means either you or I need to write it, and no offense to you, Babe, but you are not a writer. And I guess that means me. And it was about that time <gasps> that Jamie Foley was finishing her first rendition of Sage, book three of the Sentinel trilogy. And I don't even know how I found her. It was through like a giveaway thing of a giveaway thing and i was looking to see if i was interested in these books i guess and i found her website and she was finishing up stage and she was looking for beta readers for the book and i was like ah that sounds kind of cool and so literally it was through a complete like fluke the lord's hand that i found her that she and i started talking and she was i told her about the premise of what we were talking about she's like you need to write this I was like, yeah, I will someday when the kids grow up. No, Becky, you need to write this now.
0: But I don't know.
1: Ha- you're going to write this now. Okay.
0: <laughs> Jamie can be very convincing. Don't argue with the
1: Texan. <laughs> just just don't.
0: No, <laughs> like, no. <laughs> so, so literally that
1: that's what <laughs> pushed me into actually writing it was Jamie being very wow. strongly, you're going to write this and you're going to write it now. And so that's what pushed us into the writing thing of everything. That's what pushed us into Realm Makers and getting those resources. That's what pushed me into different writing groups. It was literally, I had not planned it, but in the Lord's good timing, he's like, and off the cliff.
0: Here you go. I love it. I think often the scariest, most terrifying moments of life breed some of the most incredible blessings as well. Because that must have been a very scary leap to go from, I love reading. I like books. I, you know. I love stories and, oh, I think this should be a story to suddenly being like, oh, it's, I need to write it. Oh, now I I need to write it now with two little boys and a lot of stuff going on. But clearly God is in this. So I'm going to just start doing mm-hmm. it. And here you are was six books later, I guess. Right. Because the series is five and then so you have a prequel. So the series is, is that, four. I, right? I have a
1: prequel. And so I have oh, five four. that are published and I literally don't tell anyone but I have had a collection <laughs> of short stories that span from the prequel to book one. There's a 19-year gap. I have, I have this, this collection of short stories that span between that time frame of all the main POVs explaining, like, for certain ones, like, okay, 19 years ago they were here, and then book one they're here. How did they get there? I have that. I have it edited. I just need to do one more editing pass. And then I can get the cover done and get it actually out.
0: Okay, so everyone go sign up to be on RJ's email <laughs> list so that you can then email her and bug her for all of these stories. Like, we can pressure her into doing it. I have it.
1: been sitting on that. Literally, <laughs> I, I pulled up the editorial letter and everything. I'm like, oh, this is from 2019.
0: I I should do the thing. It's time. It is time. Uh, <laughs> Oh, that's so neat. So you have all of these books now after just taking that step of faith and actually yeah. starting starting on the journey The Lord of opened writing. the
1: door and the roller coaster just went blazing through.
0: <laughs> so good. So crazy. And I'm sure there's days you wonder why, but at the end of it it's all, so it's, it. it's like, this is I why this it. is, it's so worth it. Yeah. So when you're not crafting your epic stories, what do you do with, like, what do you like to do?
1: At the moment, if I'm not actively writing... Which I've been in on a bit of a hiatus because we homeschool and I am the director of part of our homeschool community stuff, which means I have basically a whole nother part time job right there. So I'm doing that in my spare time. And in the rest of my (laughs) spare time, I also have a Minecraft YouTube channel that I I have episodes and live stream on and do stuff with that. So that, that's been my current creative outlet of just this is something that's a little less high stakes in a sense, which has sure. been a really nice little outlet because I, I don't have as much free time to sit and write. And when I like to write, I like to have like I have a three-hour minimum time chunk to sit and get into my brain into gear and just go. And I don't have that as much at the moment. Yeah. My mom passed back in 2021, and so she was the the babysitting for the boys okay. for me to have those chunks to write. So
0: sure.
1: I'm waiting for them to get a little bit on the older side where I can be like, okay, guys, I'm setting a timer for, like, three hours. You have you have control of the house unsupervised, and I'm going to go and I'm going to write. Please don't burn <laughs> anything down. Like, I'm getting waiting for that point, which will probably right. actually next year at this point. And then I can go okay. back into, like, writing and getting into gear because – I have a few ideas that have been kind of percolating since the summer and I don't have all the pieces yet to actually put pen to paper, but I have some ideas for a different world that are percolating and I want to get to a point where I'll have the pieces and I'll have the time and I can sit down and start figuring out this whole new place.
0: Oh, yes. I love it. And the best part is for anyone listening who is excited about RJ's books, you already have all these options available for them. So they can go grab the Renegade Skyfarer book and all the other ones that follow. So where can readers find you and your books so that they know where to go look for them? Well, there's Fayette Press.
1: We have a website with Fayette Press. And so you can grab all the books from there and you'll get them directly from me. So I'll sign them and maybe put in some goodies. Um, You can also find them on Amazon. And last I checked, you can still find me on Barnes and Noble. So those are all options. And on Kindle, of course.
0: Perfect. So I will have all of those links in the show notes so everyone can go grab them. And I'll get RJ's Minecraft YouTube channel from her too. So if anyone is into that and want to wants to tune in and check that out, we'll have that available as well. But for now, RJ Metcalf, thank you so much for coming on Read Clean YA with CJ. It was a blast having you here today. Thank you for having me. This was amazing. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with RJ Metcalf. As I mentioned earlier in the interview, RJ and I met officially this past summer, and it was a lot of fun for me to talk with her, hear more of her heart behind her stories, and discover how the story came to be. If you are looking for an epic adventure with steampunk elements, dragons, magic, and intrigue, you'll love Renegade Skyfarer and the other books in this series. Now, for my young or sensitive readers, I recommend having a parent or trusted adult read this series first. There are some difficult themes addressed throughout the series that may be a little too much for a younger reader, and there are moments of violence that increase as the series goes on. RJ has also graciously agreed to be part of our epic Christmas giveaway, and she's including a copy of Renegade Skyfarer. So be sure to head over to the giveaway page and enter for your chance to win this book, along with all of the other amazing goodies in the Christmas giveaway. There are only a few days left to enter, so please don't forget and head over and sign up for that today. Last week, I recommended giving books for Christmas this year, and I have put together a blog post with links to all the different books we've talked about on this podcast. You can find the link in the show notes. Since Christmas is right around the corner, I'll be doing something a little different and much shorter for next week's episode, so be sure to tune in. Thank you so much for listening to Read Clean YA with CJ. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend so they can discover exciting, clean young adult books too.